Hey, fellow tennis nerds, for this episode, I have the enjoyment of talking to Tony Ulchar, who is the inventor of something called a sport bot. And what is a sport bot? Well, I will let Tony himself talk you through that. Hey, Tony. Hi, Jonas. Thank you for inviting me. So the sport bot is the world's first mobile tennis ball launcher. Mobile meaning that it can move throughout the entire court, unlike any other machine on the market right now. So. Um, I think it will be a unique experience for the tennis players to come. Very cool. Yeah, I yeah, know I've seen videos and I, I did feature a video in one of my uh, one of my mixed bag videos. I have a trailer video where you can actually see this machine move around and it's quite impressive, you know. And, and you, you came up with this concept yourself? Sure, yeah. I'm a tennis player. So I started playing tennis when I was pretty young, actually. I played it for a few years trying to make it make it um, more professionally, I suppose. But uh, I saw that uh, maybe I started a bit too late, so I kind of gave up on it somehow. So I started to pursue engineering. Um, and now after I finished the, the, the college, the university, uh, kind of mixed those passions together. And now here it is, uh, something for, that uh, makes that mixes uh, engineering and tennis together. I think that's beautiful. I think it's great that a lot of people that play tennis, because becoming a professional in tennis, as you know, as most people know, it's super difficult. Like it's one of those things that if you don't know it, uh, you you don't understand really how difficult it is and how difficult it is to get the financial backing to make it work, uh, to to play week in and week out, and then your body breaks down, and then you have to pay physios and. There's racket that needs to be strung and travel that needs to be booked and so on. So it's it's a tough job, uh, and it's completely understandable that you some people you know give up at some point. You have to do it. You have to be truthful, uh, and then you can mix your passion for engineering with with uh, this machine. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you still play a lot of tennis, though, I assume. Sure. Yeah, I try to play as much as I can. Right now, when it's uh, summer, I try to do it three or four times a week. Maybe I do it a bit less on, on uh, winter months. But yeah, try to be active in sport, of course, because I love it a lot. And, and this machine, was there something you felt missing in the market with this movement? Because obviously this changes and opens up opportunities to have different types of drills and you get different ball placements because this actually moves around. Uh, actually, everything started during the coronavirus pandemic. So when we weren't allowed to play with other players, so naturally there was a solution to play with a tennis ball machine. So I tried a few of those. Actually saw there that there's quite a lot of improvements in the tennis ball machine market. Um, I saw that, yes, ball machines can be great for a beginner because they can feed you some constant shots, allowing you to improve your strokes. But that's actually it. There's not uh, much to it, and um, it can get boring quite, quite, quite fast. So I started thinking, and uh, I came to the idea that why is not the machine moving? So I did some brainstorming uh, and uh, started building a prototype. So this is actually where it all originated from: the coronavirus pandemic. I think a lot of ideas came in the pandemic. Was when you're when you're kind of put towards the wall like you can't do the activity you used to love 
and suddenly these things are taken away from you, you, you feel like you have to look for solutions. And sometimes that's when the best ideas come. You know, I think a lot of people found a new career or a new hobby or themselves in a different way during the pandemic. So in that sense, not all things are bad. You know, you can actually find some light in that darkness, which a pandemic is for, for many people as well. So you came up with this, you have a prototype. I mean, how long did it take? And um, because this is a, quite a, a serious project you went out on. So how long did it take from like your idea to getting a, a finished prototype that you can actually try? It took around two years, which, yeah. So the pandemic started in 2020. Now it's almost at the end of 2022. So a little more, more than two years of, let's say quite constant development and uh, learning. Tried the first iteration, didn't work. Tried the second iteration, worked barely. Now it's getting better and better with each iteration. Yeah, but it's just a constant improvement. You're never going to get it perfect, but it's just the process. You have to love the process and love the improving. That's, that's all there is to it. So. Yeah, exactly, because you need to go through a lot of iterations to end up with a very good finished product. You know, that's always something. Did you have any other people on this journey with you like some other partners or people that tested this product with you so for the first let's say uh one and a half years i developed all this by myself so everything design um, i designed mechanical aspects electrical aspects also the right wrote the software and the mobile app so everything was done by me but then when i uh, first tested the the robots this summer, I got some really nice response from the local tennis community uh, where we tested then the, the, uh, the robot. And yeah, so I started uh, getting some traction um, with people and I uh, started then to realize that I can maybe pursue this product as a, as a business idea, as something that will also allow not just me to train more effectively with this machine, but also allowing other players um, around the world to, to leverage technology so they can improve their game. So uh, this summer, the things started to become a bit more serious. And now I'm also uh, involved in multiple uh, business incubators and have uh, mentors and developers uh, uh, around me, supporting me so we can bring this product to the, to the market and to the tennis community. That's great. And how, how important, I think that's a very good point you raised there because it's at some point when you're building something alone, you, you like you're in full control. You have everything in your hands, but at some point it becomes you know, not feasible to keep growing the product or to launch something alone. You need help from others. You might need capital injection in terms of money, but also support and mentorship, like you mentioned. So. How important has that been in the process to get like a business mentor or get some help from the community to, to do this project? It's been vital. I mean, you can do it on your own, but it's not, it's not a good strategy for the long term because this will not allow you to, to pursue the project in the fullest. Uh, because people who have the experience, they can guide you, they can give you, they can give you direction and allow you to save time overall. In the, in the long term. So um, mentorship and being surrounded with people that uh, are better than you and that want good for you is crucial for, for any kind of endeavor. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think it's too easy sometimes to just go try to do everything alone. 
well, it's, it's very smart at some point to try to include more people. And maybe you need to reach a certain critical point in the whole process before you do it. But it's always good to involve more people than yourself. I think that makes a lot of sense. So how does it work? Do you, does it come with an app? Where, what is the kind of benefit of the machine moving compared to traditional machines that stand in a place and maybe they just rotate and send the ball in different places? Uh, the machine can simulate a match between a real opponent, unlike any others, because as we know, uh, tennis is really dynamic. It's never static. You're always moving around, trying to readjust for your shot. So the ball is never coming from the same spot. It's always different. It's always it needs to be dynamic and I think this is what those stationary tennis ball machines or the tennis ball machines that are currently on the market are really lacking and such movement that the sport bot allows you can really prepare you for opponents much more realistically. Yes, you can also use the sport bot as a standard tennis ball machine, no problem, it can, it can stay and you can get those strokes in, you can get the reps in uh, at the beginning but once you master those strokes, you really need to raise the bar a bit higher. This is where the mobile feature of the of the sport but really comes handy. So this is what we wanted to to allow the players so they can take their game to the next level. Yeah, and I think that's really important because I, I've been practicing quite a bit with the ball machine this year. And I do like it, but I do think it gets a bit tedious. So if you do it too much, you get bored. But if you actually can get the machine to move, then you get a much better workout. I'm, I'm like very much into tennis as a part of the workout thing. You know, I really like to sweat and to move. So I think that if this puts more strain on me, more challenging situations where I have to hit the ball and move faster in between different shots, I, I would definitely like that. So, for example, how do you get it to move? Can you program it in different patterns or does it move to where you hit the ball? Or, or how is the, the thinking behind the movement of the machine? So you, you place the robot on the court and then you prepare your app. And the only thing uh, from the user is that he establishes a connection to the robot and that he specifies where the robot is currently located then you can you have different features in the app. So first thing, it allows you to warm up so it can play some introductory shots on, on your forehead, on your backhand. Then we allow a, uh, a custom single shot feature. So just like playing with a stationary ball machine, you can select the height, you can select the speed, you can select the rotation and the place on the court where you want the shot to be. So this is standard stuff. Then we get to the part when the, where the sport must really shine. So when, where you can create your own drill or when you can play a match against it. So let's say you specify the robot, where do you want it to move? So the robot moves there and which shot uh, do you want it to play with? Again, either is it spin or slice, um, all, the, all the characteristics of the ball uh, can be specified there. So the third option is to use a preset jewels, which are already preset in the, in the robot. These are um, unique drills that uh, we've prepared, which are the most common points that you can, that you uh, often play between uh, in your tennis matches. And then the fourth option is to create your own drill. So there 
you actually add your shots and the location of the robot that you want to specify. So let's say um, the robot is starting at the center. You want it to move left and play cross court. You can do that. Then you maybe want it to move to the center and play on your forehand. So then if you want to add some pressure, the robot can actually move to the front and play a hard ball on, on, uh, on your weak shot, which is uh, forcing you to play. Um, like a defensive <laughs> shot, kind of. Like a, like a defensive shot, yeah. 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 So, so it, it um, simulates a situation where you get different types of balls from different locations. I think that's where the match simulation comes in, right? You want to get a situation where you feel like, oh, now I got a heavy topspin on my weak backhand. I defended, but then you get a short drop shot or something. It can actually mimic yeah, that, yeah. so you, you mm -hmm. get that feeling. And that's yeah. very impressive, and I think for many players, very beneficial, because that's yeah. what happens in a normal situation when you play a match. You, uh, and I guess the benefit of the movement is that it can create any kind of angle, right? Because if you if it couldn't sure. move, it's going to stay in one position, and it can hit a different shot. It can hit a high topspin or a... Or a other type of shot, but it's going to be from that location. So it's not so exciting in the end when the ball is coming mm -hmm, with the mm -hmm. same, right? Yeah. And also the feature that we're working on is a fully autonomous player match mode. So uh, we can't confirm yet if this is going to be in the first iteration of the, of the robot. But the idea is that you position the robot and then you select the difficulty, either easy, medium, hard, and then the robot moves on its own. So it decides its own location and its own shot against you. So it's pretty random. This allows you not to know what, what kind of shots are you going to receive, just like in the real match. So this is actually the main feature that we're working on, and we are super excited to bring this to the tennis community. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a, a great idea. I mean, the, the ultimate feature, I guess, would be when you have the, the ball, ball machine hit the ball back to you, but that's going to be a bit more <laughs> tricky. But yeah. still, like, even somehow this I, I think might be semi-impossible but let's say you have a camera on the back and the machine see where you hit the ball and it goes towards the same location and hits from that location I mean obviously it doesn't hit that ball back but hits a new ball from that location that would be like you know the even even further down the line probably but it, it's I think it could be possible if you have a camera that communicates with the with the bot I guess sure everything is possible with technology today so it's it's really amazing how how technology evolved in the in the last 10 20 years so i'm actually a bit surprised why tennis ball machines are so outdated nowadays uh, with so many new possibilities lurking around the corner were were you surprised that the success of, of slinger being a pretty standard ball machine but I guess the main feature of the Slinger success is that it's quite portable. I think that is where it stands out. But from what I heard, and I never tried it, that's a disclaimer, uh, but I have a lot of friends that have, and I've, I've you know checked it up close. But it's it sends kind of one type of ball, like a topspin ball, and then that's pretty much limited to what it can do. Then it Then it's just like portable, and it's better than nothing. But it has a huge success because they put in a big marketing campaign and they were very good at getting the name out of the Slinger bag because it also costs a bit less. Were you surprised at how successful they were with this uh, machine? And did you have you seen the Slinger? And, and what do you think there? I've actually tried the Slinger when I was testing tennis ball machines. So um, to be honest, I'm not surprised because they are one of the few, or yeah, one of the few tennis ball machines that are targeting this type of market. So let's 
say, a low, low-end tennis ball machine market. And undoubtedly, not many people can afford a, uh, a ball machine that costs multiple thousands of euros. So I, I see why they chose uh, the Slinger, which is really portable. You can have the racket inside. It's nice store and everything. Um, but yeah, the, the spin is quite, uh, it's quite unrealistic, but if you use it right, so if you place it before the net and if you get the settings right, I think it can give you, at least it gave me a good workout as well. So all the congratulations to the Slinger team for making this product. It's a, a great accessory for a tennis player to have. Yeah, but I, I think, yeah, there's limitations and there's, there's target groups for everything, right? So you, you have to find your, your niche. But I guess this machine could be a good choice for like academies, coaches, clubs, maybe, because that used to be the traditional ball machine placement, because you don't have a lot of maybe individual people that own a ball machine, and, and it might be a bit too much for many cost-wise. But then you could actually have it as an extra feature in the club, rent this machine, rent this. And I, I find it weird that mo not more clubs and places do this because it's a great idea for players. I mean, I don't find a partner today. I don't have my own machine, but you could rent the machine from the club. That's a great service for them. Uh, but sure. it doesn't seem to be everywhere. I mean, in Malta, where I live, we have a, a guy who rents out his machine and helps you pick up. He picks up the balls, which is great. So you don't have to do that. And I think that's a great benefit for players that maybe show up to the court and the guy they're playing can't make it or they just can't find a partner which is always a problem for tennis players and then you have this this uh, ball machine is that where you see its its main uh, usage like uh, as a part of the academies and clubs or do you think also for individual people to to purchase the machine and, and use it um all of the segments that you you described so clubs academies and uh, individual tennis players are included we, we wanted to make sure that we include those people and also give their feed, uh, and, and also receive their feedback about the, the, the machines. So we are really involved in the community and trying to get as much feedback as possible so we can make the machine appropriate for, for all those uh, segments. Obviously, it's, it's uh, something that you, um, you need to be able to afford. I guess, what is, what's the price, the original price? Uh, the current early bird discount which will be available shortly is going to be 3,550 euros. And this is made in Slovenia right now, in your hometown. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This, this is made here uh, locally uh, because we really want to make uh, communication with the suppliers easier and uh, make the development a bit easier. So when uh, we will be ready, we will also look into uh, outsource somewhere uh, outside the country. I, I just would like personally which might be a weird request, I understand businesses can't always do this, uh, is to have it in Europe, like production in Europe. Uh, and I think all production is, is pretty much in China these days. And I understand because they have top-of-the-line factories, they can cut costs because obviously they, they have the whole supply chain and everything is, is pretty automated there. But it would be nice uh, in some ways to have some kind of factory-style work or, or machine work made in Europe. Uh, I would think that would be great. Like I, I always think about that when I when I went to Kennelbach recently and, and visited the head factory. That would be so nice if, if there were more rackets than just some pro player rackets that were made there, like in the the old days. But maybe it's not so easy 
and so feasible because you need to increase prices because I guess production costs in Europe obviously are, are higher than in Asia. But uh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. That, was, that was a personal <laughs> wish <laughs> for that one. But but uh, it's it's cool that you're you're still producing it in in Slovenia and that you can still uh, use it. How many machines exist right now? You you have one so far, or you have a, a bunch of these? Yes, there's one that is shown on on my uh, social pages and on the website, and there are a few prototypes around around Slovenia. So uh, right now we are looking to manufacture uh, a first pre pre series production, have a first pre-series production and have the machines available for summer 2023. Cool. Yeah, that's great. So that's where people will be getting the machine. If they buy it, they will be getting it in summer. Yeah. Yes. All right. Correct. Interesting. Yeah, that's great. It's a, it's a, it's a huge project. I think it's, it's cool that you embarked on something that's quite demanding and challenging and it's uh, impressive that you managed to, to pull it off and get like a finished product out of that because a lot of people today they want to create maybe something like a you know apparel brand or even a racket is is a bit easier to to do uh, because you already have finished molds and you can buy a mold and you change some things but here you actually had to engineer something and what was the most challenging aspect of of this project for you actually ensuring that the robot knows its location is a, is a pretty hard topic uh, overall in engineering uh, because we I wanted to we wanted to make sure that it's as easy as possible for for the for the user uh, so the user doesn't have to mount any external sensors on the port and those can get damaged so it's actually the localization how how the robot knows where it is on the court is is the most difficult is is the biggest challenge here um, because you know, the, let's say if you're playing on clay court, the the wheels can slide. So there are actually quite advanced uh, algorithms and sensors which can predict those and uh, make corrections accordingly. Yeah, that's very impressive. I was actually thinking about that, and that was one of my questions: like, how does it know where it is on the court so it doesn't just hit the fence? You <laughs> know, it just keeps yeah, going yeah. like <laughs> vacuum robots. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it. Uh, makes uh, use of sensor readings and combines those in uh, algorithms and then makes a, a measurement or approximation where, where, where it might be. Do you need to calibrate the machine to a new court when you place it on a new court? Like, do you need to, yes. like, yeah. Uh, the only thing that is required from the user, like I said, is to connect and to specify its location, first location on the court. So whether you place it at the baseline or at the T-spot, you just press this on the app, and then it knows. Uh, how heavy is the machine, by the way? I'm curious. I'm, I'm seeing it looks really sturdy, which it needs to be, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, a little more than 20 kilos. Uh, a lot of the weight comes from the driving mechanism, but uh, we really wanted to make it as compact as possible in order to minimize the weight and make it easier to move as well, not only for uh, the robot itself, so it can move itself, but also easy to transport. So... Tennis-wise, yourself, do you watch any tennis? Sure, yeah. Did you watch the US Open now? or? Yes, I did. Uh, maybe a few final matches. So kind of glad that Alcaraz won it. I think he's a really impressive player. And uh, we'll see a lot from him in the in the future. So all the best also to Root. He showed an amazing performance, not only in US Open, but also in the, in the French Open. So congratulations to him as well. 
Yeah, it was a great event. I really, really enjoyed this Grand Slam. Some Grand Slams feel a bit more exciting than others. And this was pretty fun because there were new players fighting for the new world number mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. and the uh, Grand Slam titles. That was pretty impressive overall. Uh, when it comes to tennis nerd, there's always a, a lot of racket nerds like myself. When you play, I mean, you played pretty close to professional level or you tried to be a, a professional player. Did you play any futures and stuff like that? No, 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 not, not that far in the professional, uh, let's say, uh, uh, level. Uh, I mean, I played some matches, I played some tournaments uh, when I was 18, but uh, I quickly saw that uh, engineering is better pursuit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, it's you, you need to be quite quick and realize, like, mm -hmm. if you really love tennis, maybe you can give it a go, but it, it's, it's a tough sport because reality is, is usually very stark. Like, you, yeah. you see how many levels of tennis players there are. But uh, tennis is also quite, quite a big loop because the more you invest, uh, not only time and effort and money, the more you expect to get from it, and then it's just a never-ending loop. So you just keep persisting, persisting, trying to <clears throat> trying to uh, get this effort repaid, but uh, it's it, it's harder with time to to withdraw from from competitive tennis. I think. Yeah, exactly, or, because you have this uh, you know sunk cost uh, idea right. where you yeah, feel like yeah. okay, I've, I've invested so much, I can't give up. While a rational thought would be like, okay, where, where am I right now? And what is the most logical approach, you know? But a lot of people do the, you know, you know sunk cost fallacy. It's a pretty classic mistake mm -hmm. in people's lives, I, I think, in general. So what racket did you play with uh, when you played competitively or you used today? Uh, I have a head. I actually don't know the, the correct model, but I have a head which uh, was used by Andy Murray a few, few years ago. Um, it's, it's black and orange. I don't know the exact. Yeah, it's a radical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a radical. So, yeah. yeah. The gra graphene one. I, I know my friend plays with that one. He likes it uh, quite a lot. Yeah. Still. It's, it's pretty hard, uh, but uh, I like that kind of play. Yeah, it's, it's stiff. So, it's quite stiff on the, yeah. on the arm as well. Mm -hmm. So, what, back to Sportpot. So, what's your expectation from, from this whole project? This, I mean, I guess. Your dream would be that it, uh, it can be your livelihood and this can be a huge success. And uh, what do you see in terms of timeline? Like when you when do you start accepting pre-orders and what will happen after that? Yeah, so I'm really happy to announce that uh, the Sportbot launchers are now available for early bird pre-orders. They are now only available in Europe. By by pre-ordering the Sportbot launcher, you get an exclusive discount, uh, free mobile apps, and free shipping all across Europe. It's, it's available on our website at sportbot.tech, T-A-C-H. Uh, we will be offering a limited amount of Sportbot uh, because we are still manufacturing here locally. And it will only be available for a limited time, which will then be available in, in summer 2023. So we hope to produce as many as we can so, so we can get this equipment available to as many tennis players as possible and to finally see some technology in tennis, which I think is missing. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I, I really wish you all the best. I think it's an amazing effort that you're doing and we'll be happy to test this machine at some point myself, if possible. And hopefully we'll see it around Europe, around the clay courts in Europe and, and the tennis courts. Do you have anything you want to add before we, we close? Uh, sure. Like like I said, we love to get uh, feedback from the tennis enthusiasts, the tennis community. So if anybody has any questions, please uh, feel free to reach out to me directly, either via Instagram, 
Facebook or uh, visit our website and uh, shoot us uh, a message. We'd be happy right. to hear from you. Thanks a lot, Tony. I really appreciate talking to you. I, I love seeing uh, young entrepreneurs that have a tennis passion and that they want to do something uh, in general. I think it's, it's great for the sport. And like you said yourself, I think ball machines is something that there is room for improvement. And I think also maybe in other areas of tennis, you can see improvement because it's quite a traditional sport with traditional thinking. So there is definitely innovation and tech coming into it more and more as we move along. So that, that's exciting. Thank you for inviting me for, for this chat. It's been a pleasure and I hope to see you on the court very soon.